Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today we have Daniel Stern. Hello, I'm <laughs> Daniel Stern, as mentioned previously. As mentioned previously. You know, I actually realized your name um, was like German. So like, like I had a moment where I realized that your surname was Star in German. And then I was like, oh my God, what a Jew. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny too, because like... Um, bad post stand-up set conversations with germans will also like they'll pick up on the name thing like they'll be mm -hmm. like come up and be like oh hey, hey funny man like you should change your name to like david stan and then it'll be like star of david you know like wouldn't that be so funny <laughs> and i'm like um no I, I i don't think that would be funny per se like <laughs> oh i love germans that's such a great suggestion i wow was there something on the adults only radar that you felt inspired to 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 talk about or something crossed your mind last week so basically i wanted to say that we had this online show you brought up this uh saving period blood story well, i feel in a like jar. i feel like the, i didn't like it was like part of a conversation we were having it about was part of, moon yeah, cups you didn't just bring it up i wasn't just there. like <laughs> there was well there was a moment of silence so i was just like i've got an anecdote from when i was 18 <laughs> Yes, no, that's no. I was talking about how excited I am by my menstrual cup and how yeah. I can, you know, see how right. much blood is there. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm super, I, and I also love menstrual cups. I think they're fucking rad. They're I don't know what it is. Hell. I honestly like, like, it's, I feel like this is a little bit like stolen glory because it's like not mine, but mm. I feel like, or stolen, stolen valor, stolen valor. Like, it's like one of the coolest things in our house. It's one of the coolest things in your house. Yeah. I feel like it's like the one piece of like, you know, it's like I got like a vintage record player. Like, my, I would, yeah. My, it's just like, this is, this is cool. When, um, when Freddie did this podcast, she talked about how she bought these crystal pleasure ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and she talked about how, <clears throat> how enjoyable it is to actually have something that you find really physically beautiful. Uh, that's not a living penis and right. putting it inside you. And, I was just thinking it would be really cool to like get some really funky menstrual cups. I, I quite like the menstrual cup that I have that, because being see-through is quite, um, it makes uh, right. design sense. So you can see, see the color yeah, of the yeah, blood. Yeah. You can see what's happening and you know, it's a bit, but it, I reckon there'd be some cool ones that you could get. Like, so you know, Wait, like yours funky is just yellow. Clear? Mine's just a clear, it says oh. Austria on it. So I feel like I'm mm -hmm. bleeding on Austria. Okay. That's good. Then, yeah. I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't want Austria in me. Yeah, it's it's um her name's Selena, Selena Austria. That's the two things that are written on it. Oh, okay, okay. And then the rib like the markings so you know how many mills you've got. And then uh that's it. And then there's like the little Oh, the other thing I want to do, there's a little ring at the bottom of the menstrual cup. And right. when I first got it, I was like, Oh, that's so I can tie like a little ribbon. And now I'm like, that's so I can tie a little ribbon and a cat bell. I wanna have a little bell on the end of mine. Right. Um Maybe like uh make it into like a little hand you can shake and <laughs> How you doing? Get on out here. There's a lot of fun things you could do with that. Right? But I also am just They could thinking, make noise. They could make noise, right? right? It's like a it's like a like a horn, you know, like one of those rubber horns on the on the like a clown. I just like the idea of like my pussy bell. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Like, I think that would be cute. Um, I saw uh, there was a there's a, a, a performance artist in town who uh, was work I really love and and she she used to do an act where um, she's sitting there and she's on a um, like a, a hobby horse like one of those little rocking horses that kids like a children's mm -hmm. rocking horse and then at some point after she's further into the piece she gets up and stands away from it and walks away and then after a few steps you see that there's a like a chain 
attached to the horse and then she's pulling it and like the change is inside you know inside her yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like this sort of like this daring act of strength and oh that's so cool um, and yeah this like fun little twist and yeah oh that's so cool yeah it's a a, a borbola um i forget her last name right now but yeah great like a great local performance artist when you remember let me know and i'll put a link put a link in there yeah that's so i love she's done a lot of She's let me be a part of a couple of things she's done uh, a few years back, and it was some of the coolest stuff I've gotten to do. I I love all of that, um, like super out there people doing stuff with their bodies, particularly women, and usually <laughs> stuff involving their vaginas. Right. Yeah, um, she did a whole show called it was I think it was called the Vagina Show or the Pussy Show. I feel like it was Pussy. I feel like that was the word she would mm-hmm. go with mm-hmm. um and it was like all of these different artists in this big industrial space doing various things it was people wandering around interacting with it and then i was playing this guy who was trying to organize like the the penis the berlin penis show or whatever <laughs> so i was basically the antagonist but i was like having people fill out like paperwork to participate in taking surveys and that's hilarious yeah. And so yeah, I'm trying to make the penis show. Right, right. No, but then she did. No, Dick. It was Dick. Ah, uh, the uh, ah. Yeah. That's much. Yeah, that right. makes much more sense because then you're also representing. Yeah, and then and then she. It was great because she she had done she had done the the vagina one and butthole, and and then penis and like no like no one showed up for the penis show. The Dick <laughs> show. It was like you were like, eh, that's not really art, is it? It's not really. Like we've we've seen enough. We've seen enough of the of the of the Dick show. Really, society's done a good job at saturating us with that. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. So yeah, on the so when you talked about the period blood on this online show, you were like, "Oh, you have like adults only." All like I, I, I'd, I I'd like to do the podcast. I, I never. And, I just want to be podcasting all the time. Yeah. Okay. But then and then like and I was like, "Cool, great." And then followed you up like uh, sort of two weeks later, and then you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then like you know three days ago you were like, "Yeah, I don't really like talking about sex." No, no, no. I said I'm <laughs> uptight about it. Outside, okay. Right? Like, that's like that's just like a little bit of like self knowledge. Like, we should go into this being like, you know, like, I didn't want to say pussy. Like, he's like, <laughs> I didn't, that's not who I, I don't, you know, I also like, I'm, I'm in like a long term monogamous relationship. So, yeah. and it, with someone who's like not a, like, publicly like a comedian or whatever yeah, yeah. but so you know like i can't talk about really my sex no, life no and as it you know currently i mean one could i don't i don't feel like that's appropriate no and I, I share my sex life with one person in particular which is <laughs> so gauche of me i um i totally get that and yeah, uh, and lots of people on the on the on this podcast have not. You know, you can talk about sex and it not be about. I think your specific partner, right? Um, but it, yeah, like being uptight about sex. I feel like since I've done comedy, I've become way more comfortable talking about. Yeah, stuff. That's good. Like too comfortable. Yeah, that's possible. So you can like, <laughs> there's the yeah, I've definitely had that, and like. Post lockdown, like my filters are way off. I'm like, right. oh, was that out loud? <laughs> like, I, I I was talking to like two like like uh, playground parent friends, and <laughs> things come out of my mouth I thought were totally normal. And I see by the look on their face, and I had to literally say out loud, like like a crazy person, is that not how people talk? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, that was gross. I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, I knew that, I knew that, <laughs> right? Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, totally. that story had a lot of blood in it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I started working at this new job, um, a month ago and, uh, I, I think my colleagues, I think my colleagues like me, but I think they're also 
like a bit grossed out by I think I'm I think right. I am way too 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 comfortable just talking about bodily functions or sex or right. you know or or I just sound like I'm a rapist. I don't know. I wow. like well <laughs> Jesus, that's okay. Well, um, it's, it's then they should be uncomfortable. Yeah, no, you're no, but like in a in a like I clearly am not, and obviously I understand consent, but just like the way I'll talk about my need, my sexual needs to them because they're all women, I'm very okay. you know right. I'm very uh, direct about it, and you know talking about the 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 men that are so all my colleagues are females, but we right. work in a space with lots of men, lots of men so the way what, i talk what, about what do you do um i work <laughs> sounds like i work at like a, a zoo um no it's we a, have the different exhibits you know <laughs> what do you i shave some of them down oh i would, I would. okay oh, that was like that was a, like you, i got there's things i can't say like i can say now that i can't say in a lot of my life because there's a four-year-old around like i mentioned but like the other day i like made an offhand remark about i think honestly i think i was I think I was Skyping with my parents mm. and I was like, yeah, you know, um, I've kind of given up on like losing weight around my middle. I'm just bulking up my shoulders uh, because like I can I can do that. Like I can proportion that out and like that'll look they can look beautiful and round and, and I shave them so they're nice and shiny in the summer. <laughs> and and then I was like I was like the other day and then I'm, days later I'm shaving in the bathroom and my son's like, don't forget your shoulders. <laughs> Just, just like ah, oh, he listens to everything. Man, I had a theory about shoulders. Okay, so in Japan, uh, Japan people don't realize Japan is actually super, super conservative still. Like you, you, okay, know, you yeah. see these things about you know girls in Tokyo or like um, the Harajuku girls, things like that. And they're right. If everything you 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 know like about Japan, you've you've learned on the website Pornhub. You, yeah, you love like a probably the wrong idea then you would think yeah you've got the wrong idea but um which i i don't use that website no you just you know just um no, no i quit porn you quit porn mm-hmm. oh i want to go into that except, getting, for, except for emergencies we, we, emergency. yeah we're getting onto porn i've got my thing that's like, right, going right. back there i just wanted to talk about the shoulder thing right right shoulders because i I, st- I studied japanese i majored like i know japanese right. like i'm not ignorant when i went there when i was 17 it was like culture shock but whatever when i went back there when i was 25 and i was alone and it was the middle of summer and it gets super humid and hot and so i was like oh you know like i'll just wear my you know like a spaghetti strap you know dress like there's no cleavage right. <laughs> i don't really have breasts and like not that short you know like like you know thigh whatever like i bend over like i you know i bent the looks I got from my exposed shoulders were outrageous. In the middle of Tokyo, the looks I got, it was like they thought that I was selling my body. And <clears throat> and those looks, you know, I stopped exposing my shoulders. Now, unfortunately, as I went further south from Tokyo, um, you know, those looks continued no matter how much I covered my body simply because I was a, a, a foreign woman. Um but uh, I had a theory about the shoulders and I think that the shoulders are kind of sexual because they're these like hairless. Well, glow. <laughs> that's a shame, dad. That's, uh, yeah. Not everyone's, but okay. <laughs> but female, fe- female shoulders typically are hairless and shiny. Yeah. And I think they kind of look like, um, 
balls like interesting like 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 when you know balls get like you know expanded and they're they're like you know they're they're hottest and then when they're shaved I think I think a shoulder looks Wait, like hairless. How do you, what do you think balls do? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've seen like excited balls that are that are kind of like not looking saggy and and like, your face. No, you're just talking like... about people who are. You're just talking about teenagers. <laughs> like, there's... I'm talking about porn. But ba- I'm... wait, 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 wait. Balls don't become engorged. They become a little bit engorged. They can absolutely. Absolutely. You get cold balls, you get hot balls. Okay, they respond to temperature. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. But that's Exactly. That they they respond to temperature. And so when they're warm and maybe they're in someone's mouth. (laughs) The thing is is it's it's they they expand and contract to get further or closer to the body in order to maintain temperature. So like if they're cold then, because you're ta- you're talking about taut, and then taut, that's yeah, but that's not what happens really, because they're with temperature change. I agree. You need a hand or if, a mouth. Yeah, they look, they look like that if someone's squeezing around the base of them or <laughs> attached a leather harness. We got there. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, <laughs> so I think that the shoulder is kind of a sexualized. I, I, I agree that the shoulder. I, I mean, I've I've latched onto that because I just need to find some part of my body that I could be like. That's what I'm putting forward. Um, <laughs> this is my this is my just beautiful my stand. So yeah, like I do, but there is something. There's like an aesthetic there where there's like a roundness, like can be a shininess. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a a simple mechanics to it. It's mm-hmm. but it, there is sort of like, you know, so, yeah, like a, a a like the breasts, the buttocks have. There's like this rounded built thing, but it it there's a power there as well. Like yeah, if, you, if it's I think that's more of a maybe on a men's a men's shoulder, but like this, this is this is like I think where I ended up with it was I, someone had posted like a photo of Tony Soprano uh-huh. in like an A shirt, uh-huh. and as like an example of what they were into sexually, uh-huh. and I was like, I can do that, <laughs> right? That's that's doable for me. Right? I can achieve that. Yes. And so <laughs> and so I and in the last few years I've had to like try and rethink how to like sexually like how to how to be sexually appealing to like uh like to a gaze that's maybe different than would have been when I was younger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like like what is what do I you know, I'm not trying to attract anyone per se. But like, I do need to be able to feel that that I have something, and it's not going to be what it was when I was nineteen mm-hmm. yeah. or or twenty nine. Yeah, you need to have a role model of yeah. what what like what you think looks um, sexy, you know, and whatever. Yeah, but like having something like, oh, that that's sexy, cool. I can I can be like that. Right. And yeah. But something that I also like, and so like, but the problem is like, so if you if you're like, a, there aren't like examples. Uh, most examples are like big hairy men that are considered sexy is is like for the male male gaze only. Yeah. And and that's okay. Mm. That's one thing, but like that then it doesn't really feel like you're represented. But the male gaze is always also what women are looking through, right? I don't think so. I don't think when it comes I think that there are there are I've been thinking about this whole today. Okay. Because I don't really buy into like I don't really believe in heterosexuals that much. Especially heteros like I, I don't have. I what don't do you think mean he- by that? You don't believe in heterosexuals. Like I don't think heterosexual men like really exist uh, in our society. You think men would fuck anything? 
that's not just that. I mean, like sexuality to me is like there's it, we we lump too many things in together. Like when we say like someone's heterosexual, because there's like there's like romantic things. Mm-hmm. There's like friendship and partnership. There's mm-hmm. like like what is visually exciting. There's what's physically mm-hmm. feels good. There's what makes you uncomfortable or you find repugnant or something there's like all these different there's like what you can't do and what you can do yeah and like i and i think you know like you know and then there's and then we talk we put gender onto that Mm -hmm. and then like we're not if we're that's not necessarily like a piece of genitalia Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily uh an outward projection but then there's something where we're like i like i like men i like women but like you like you like something a lot of something that's sort of in this way and there's probably parts of that you would prefer to not be a woman yes or not be a man or that doesn't conform and so like I just think that like yeah that's just not I don't know how to articulate this exactly because most of the way I've thought about this is as a bit I was doing where I was just like I don't want to talk to men um (laughs) and um and uh yeah but like I would blow one and (laughs) hypothetically that's interesting because it's the opposite for me with women it's like i can connect really well with some women but i'm really not it like if they can go down on me like they can go to town on me but i'm not motivated by their bodies well okay i see what you're saying but there's also like like men who'd be like i'm not going down on her and they consider themselves heterosexual and i think you know um yeah yeah they, those those ones do exist. I'm thankful that I don't really meet them. Yeah, but that's like that was actually this one that, that was won. like a hundred percent like a normal opinion for a long time. Like the idea that you you know you just like <laughs> what you do you did what with your mouth? Really? Oh yeah. I feel like yeah okay, but not since like the. Not since the early 2000s, right? Right, yes, yes. No, yeah. Like, not since porn, really. But even porn hasn't been so much like, eat her out, eat her out. It's oh, just yeah, that like, doesn't happen. <laughs> it does, but it's not... I don't think porn's the reason why men go down on women now. No, I think they just, it's just it'd be stupid not to. <gasps> but it would be stupid not to, but maybe it is only because women had, like, everyone sees porn and blowjobs are what dominate porn so much. And really? so in, okay. in a relationship relationship setting a man will always expect a blowjob so the the deal is if i blow you you have to go down on me and so just with the maybe with the saturation of blowjobs as standard women have gone pro like i'll blow you but you have to like it needs to be balanced it doesn't go one without the other yeah yeah and i yeah i think i mean I mean, but like that's I think in terms of like my my I, and I, I just say like I don't believe heterosexuality isn't fair because people should be able to define their own. If if like a man wants to say he's, he's a heterosexual, heterosexual he man. should be allowed to do that. Like yeah. uh, it's not totally cool and not PC of me to say that. But like at the same time, like yeah, if, if you look at pornography, like it's just it's all it's very penis focused. Oh, exactly, and right? men are watching that, and that's for men. And so like mm-hmm. and in fact, at this point, if there isn't a penis, it's not even porn, right? It's just like just naked women. Like that's not even considered pornographic at no, this point. No, that's not true. I mean, by today's standards, like no, there's a, like, like no, no. It's also you know. I mean, are you trying to say that there is porn that is that doesn't have? I understand that there's yeah, like. Porn I know that, that you know that. There's but like, porn I mean, in terms without. of like like stuff that's like made for men, like yes. like anything without penetrative sex is basically softcore. Like you can see that in an R-rated movie. Like that's not. Or it's lesbian because it, it's it's like with toys as opposed to a penis. Right. Or, yeah, I understand that there's yeah. like, but if you look at like minutes watched, 
on one of these websites, like, and if you look at the comments, which would be like, "This is gay. This is soft. This is oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that because I I recently did an ad, uh, like a reaction video for an ethical porn company, and um, and so that means that it's women. It's all women run. Right. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I I was looking at their on their Twitter account. Just like and a, some of the comments. Erica Luster. What was the? Uh, not Erica Luster. I actually had a date with the guy who subscribes to her okay erica luster i don't know it's like the only that's the first thing that came to mind yeah she's swedish right i don't really know that much about okay i I, i've like googled like feminist porn yeah uh well this is you went to something that doesn't get a google result feminist porn for men like it's just not a category it does exist there's a there's a porn site in australia um (laughs) but it's very bushy like it's like it's very and it does feel bushy as in the australian bush or It's hairy, and I'm all down for hair. But back then, when I was looking for it, I wasn't so down for hair. It was like, no, I want to see inside and see what's happening easily. <laughs> Doing this for educational purposes. Yeah, pulling the hair apart. Um, but uh, there, yeah, there aren't that many sites, and um, but this this one anyway. Yeah, just the the comments uh, and the kind of the hate from the generic porn consumer is that yeah if it's if it's not like some thrashing dick uh play then and and yeah and so that's what men want to see well yeah or are used to or whatever like or like i mean i don't shouldn't take away from it if that's what they're into i just think yeah i think it's tough to like yeah so if, if you're creating ethical porn and like once like i feel like if i'm watching it it's just like not feminist anymore like i've ruined it no like for example for me i don't i'm not interested in watching girl on girl Unless, like, there's some kind of um, uh, toy that's penetrating and, like, you know. And I don't, like, the way I... I, I, Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, like, I'm not interested in just girls eating. Like, no, that for me isn't porn. I want to see, I want to see penetration. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Uh, And I don't think that makes it not feminist. And, for example... But you're you're a woman. But with this ethical... This is what I'm saying. I'm saying like once I watch it, I feel like I inherently am ruining it. And that's the issue with the word feminist porn. And that's why this website that I did this commercial for is calling themselves ethical porn. Because it's not about feminism. It's about ethics of like fair pay fair pay and and rights and um and that yeah, there's some agency, uh the actors and it's yeah, it's what they wanna do. Yeah. I think I think part of the issue is like people are used to like they'll see a movie and they'll be like, Oh, a filmmaker made this. It's their vision. I also like it, but yeah. they're used to their porn being so specific yeah. that you then kind of lose the ability for like the artists or the performers to have like what they want to be doing. Yeah. Being what's on film. Yeah. And so that's where I think you run into this thing of like it, the thing you want, just dude, like you can't make that. Like there's, you know, unless your friends are making it for you. Like, that's where I feel like that's, that's if I literally, if I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to run in those circles in this point in my life. <laughs> but like, if I had like friends who are like, like made, like the way you have a potluck or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's how people should be making their porn. Is and, like, and the thing is amateur porn, like porn companies are apparently now, uh, my dad, my stepdad was telling me this because this, okay. this, yeah. He listens to all my podcasts. Uh, shout out to Charles. Love you. Um, he uh, was telling me that um, because this ethical porn company suggested that I be the face, like that I represent the company uh, for interviews and, and, and do their PR work. And um, and he was like, I'm a bit concerned about that, Anna, because uh, the porn industry is uh, is really suffering at the moment because everyone prefers amateur porn. <laughs> 
I was like, okay, stepdad. <laughs> and that amateur porn is 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 completely dominating, and there's just your your average person doing what right. kind of they want to do, but in yeah, in their own settings. And and yes, of course, there's still industry coming in there, and and I guess exploiting people sure. somehow. But um, by and large, it's couples doing what they want to do, still within this uh, ex- you know this um obvious kind of industry expectation framework but um yeah i mean yeah if you have an only fans like whatever percent goes to a credit card and whatever percent goes to that website and yeah your stuff can still end up somewhere you don't want it but. and you're still creating stuff that you think people want so it's still conforming to <laughs> yeah standards. well i don't i don't think i don't think art i think the idea that an artist imagines an audience doesn't necessarily mean that they're um that they're going away from what they want to make it's true which is like you know hopefully yeah it's true i mean it depends on the artist like I, there are artists who are like i don't care who sees or wants this if you're essentially like putting it on a website which charges money then it's hard to imagine that you're not considering your audience at all yeah. but maybe also if you have a niche and you're very successful then you you aren't i don't know yeah. i've never i'm I w- not in that business i love the idea that people yeah these people are just having the sex that they want to have <laughs> yeah for their for their um, yeah, that sounds nice. Videos. That sounds like that sound really I nice. I mean, that's, I don't know. So you gave up porn when? This was years ago now, I think. Um, I was like traveling, like I was in LA and I was like on people's couches or whatever. <laughs> Probably good. Right. Would. So like I, like I didn't have, I mean, I was just like not going to do that. Uh, Were you going to say you didn't have Wi-Fi? I don't know. Like I... <laughs> The point is, like, it was like a long enough break that when I like eventually, then you know, I go back home and then finally get the laptop open and you open up that website and you're like, oh, that's that's shocking. That is, yeah, yeah. I do like I was looking at porn last night, for example, and I don't often, I don't often access. Like, I do, I I find it more enjoyable to create fantasies in my head and like play out a whole situation, and it tells me a lot about where I'm at what yeah. fantasies I come up with and um, I've written some new jokes about it. Cause it's like, Oh wow. Like I, I want to reproduce that badly that I'm willing to do that. Like mm, interesting, <laughs> Hannah, interesting mix. Um, but uh, I was looking last night. I, you know, or anyone that listens to this podcast knows that I um, use Reddit for porn because it's such high caliber and a lot of gifts and I don't like to commit to a full video and a gif sure. is good. You get to see that one thing okay. again and again. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was looking at, and, and when I do look at porn, there's a real, there's a real combination of like, of shock. And I think that's part of the enjoyment being like, Oh my, Oh, Oh. And then also being like, mm, like that, like I, I like being turned on by something almost as quickly as being shocked and a bit grossed out. And there's this weird interplay. Right. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's at work. Sure. I mean, my, I, I generally like, so I, when I, when I got rid of that, I got very interested in, in the amateur literary erotica. Oh, that's so cool. So that's like, for me, like I, I'm not really interested in like fancy authors mm-hmm. writing to like make a, a you know, to, to a large audience. What I like is someone who's like, clearly like not great with grammar or spelling uh might like switch which person you know from like oh, first no, to I... second person like oh, can you halfway through you can do anything no, no, but like can you handle reading that yes because what it says to me is the person who writing this is because they like it and like there is not 
They're not trying to cater to anyone. They're not, you know, they're not acting someone else's script. You know, if they're a performer, they're not directing someone else's, what their producer needs them to do. They're not trying to get downloads or clicks or sell DVDs or whatever. They're like, this is the hottest thing I can clickety clackety imagine. And you're like, wow. Or you're like, oh, that's also a little racist, but like (laughs) I can tell it's coming from the heart. Um, and so, and, and I, and it also like, I probably like when I was, you know, I grew up in a much earlier internet, yeah. uh, you know, where we still had to deal with like magazines and things like that. And yeah. one of the things, you know, like my, a lot of my early experiences were like let like dirty letters they would write in the, you know, men pretending to be women kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, like, like the, my, you, your parents, my parents had like the, our bodies ourselves, which was like mm-hmm. one of, the, I, I don't want to say seminal, but one of the first, you know, like, like <laughs> kind of sex, a great word, isn't it? <laughs> like feminist sort of like body yeah. sex things. And yeah. like, you know, so that, that's like what I grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up also like we had, um, my mom was given, she claimed it wasn't hers, but, um, there was some kind of trashy sex, like sex romance, um, book and that I found when I was like. 13 right that i definitely masturbated to <laughs> and then it was like uh naomi wolf you know like things like that and that's that's the stuff promiscuities was a book that i read when i was i think 14 yeah and that yeah that's- yeah i had like random sci-fi novels that would like have a sex scene and yeah, yeah like the illuminatus trilogy is like a huge part of who i am as a sexual being oh okay i don't know that yeah, Illumi- well, what is it called the so one robert anton wilson's or um sorry uh, uh, the Illuminati trilogy, and there's like you might have one listener who'll be like, "I also found that <laughs> pleasurable to read." Oh, fascinating! Um, also, like you know, I would definitely get off on Jane Austen novels. Like, there's lots of sexual tension in in uh, in the Austen. I, I might have read the Cliff Notes. <laughs> I was a bad student for a okay, couple of years there. I, yeah, I dug that stuff. But yeah, also because um, my brother was the one that always had the 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 internet, and I was never that interested in in like fighting for anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh at least not for that like it was right. like oh i can chat to people or watch porn. okay and then he would just show me stuff and i'd be like oh my god yeah i don't need to use that in my room by myself Wait, what did he show you? He, your brother show you? my brother would show me porn stuff he'd be like anna anna check this out and you know like the original you know the original video of a woman being fucked by a horse or and like probably dying or um or he would show me oh we did also the first the first experiences I had of porn were my brother and I finding my brother finding and then telling me about it and taking me and showing me my parents' porn collection. And Whoa. so there was like a, a VHS. Right. There was VHS. There was sex toys. And um, these were probably classic films. Yeah. There was, a, I remember one video, like one tape, and it uh, was one of those like paper covers, um, you know, the slips we of the VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was that? Yeah. Yeah. And it had um, all the little uh, like thumbnails, but you know, bigger than that, of uh, all the different, like they were just really short porn videos. And okay. there were maybe a hundred of them. And there was one, and I remember one, it was called Moby Dick. That's it was this huge nice. penis. <laughs> so they, they didn't have the like the classics of, of erotic film. It wasn't like. No, I discovered those later with my ex-husband, like like The Devil and Miss Jones. Have you seen that? Behind the Green Door. Yeah, or what's the, what's the Dolly Does Dallas? Debbie, Debbie Does Dallas. Debbie Does Dallas. Dolly Does Dallas. I don't think I've seen that. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Yeah, I never saw that either. But The Devil and Miss Jones, that's the, that was the, that, that changed my life. Wow. 
Wow, life changing. Yeah, that was the cool. Like, yeah, she she basically gets turned on. Doesn't have sex with. Isn't penetrated by, but it comes to the touch, like to being touched by a big python. Oh yeah. And then um, also the best double penetration scene ever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> ever. She's like she's possessed. Like the whole story is she's possessed by the devil. Right. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Like I've never done that. Very seventies. Now I feel <laughs> never been possessed by the devil. <laughs> oh. Um, you wanted to be on well, we spoke about menstrual blood quite oh. a bit uh on an online show. Um, yes. you period like, blood. Let's kid. Period blood. You, um, yeah, a great story about because I was I was lamenting just the the sheer waste of the seemingly wonderful product that that could be used some other way. Right. Uh, every month now that I use a menstrual cup, it's like I'm just collecting this perfect blood. Why do I just I literally flush it down the toilet? Which is when you said, Yeah, yeah, no, I, the first because I I got I got uh, introduced to menstrual cups a long like I think. Well ahead of the curve. It was like 1998, 99. You were in Portland. So no, no, no. This was this was the year I lived in Santa Cruz, California. So I, after I graduated high school, I just like packed all my shit and like drove cross country. Wow. Um, so you grew rebel. up where? I grew up in Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Um, no? It no, doesn't no. ring a bell for you? <laughs> like it rings a bell, but I would be completely lying if I said that I knew where that was on the map. Well, you or know. exactly what's associated with it. So it's associated. Okay, um, uh, the teenage mutant Ninja, teenage mutant ninja turtles were invented there. Oh, cool! So like that, if that's something that means anything to you, Donatello, it is, hello. Is that you're a Donatello oh, yeah. type? All right, that's totally interesting. <laughs> she wants brains and brawn. Yes. Um, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> just everything. Yeah. He's uh, he is probably sensitive too. Right. Because um, you got to be in touch with your sensitive side to be a real man. Yeah, and yeah. to like carry a stick when like your friends have blades and nunchucks. Yeah, on a big stick. And uh, oh, is that okay? <laughs> right. I actually there's have... something there. There's some that's a something. Yeah. <laughs> he was purple, right? He, yeah, in the cartoon, the original yeah. ones they all um, well they were in black and white, and then they added red. They all they they didn't have the differentiated color bandanas until mm. they sold out to. Like a corporate, corporate cartoons, and then they were like, "You need to make this simpler for our American audience." And yeah, and for kids, man, we yeah. need colors. Like, I know that Donatello was purple. Like, it's yeah. the way I knew who was winning the fight. Like, how would they just get confused otherwise, right? Uh, weapon, I guess. I, uh, yeah, there's the weapon and their behavior, and you know, I mean, honestly, like the fact that I'm feeling need to be a snob about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is uh, that's a that's a that's doesn't say anything good about me not. as a person. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Did the song go like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Party On, or was that I just make, uh, blend yes. Wayne's World? Uh, yeah, right. You're good. <laughs> right. That's Teenage Mutant. Uh, uh, teenage Mutant. Um, uh, Wayne's public World. access, Teenage <laughs> Mutant public access. Party on, Wayne. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, uh, Turtles in a Half Shell Turtle Power. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Want to sing it? Uh, I don't. I mean, you, you'll get a takedown on your. You know, you can't. You can't use like you know unlicensed music on your <laughs> podcast. I'm sure your singing is gonna. Okay. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we're known. We got the Ninja Turtles. Um. <laughs> We're famous. We we are. Uh, we have a very large lesbian population per capita. So Massachusetts, Northampton, my Northampton. town. Northampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you Google the phrase Lesboville, USA, 
It'll be. Or no, uh, well, that was a, that was the headline that we about my town that was in the National Enquirer, which is like a tabloid there. But I think Lesboville. It, yeah, it was Lesboville, That's USA, amazing. the National Enquirer, and then, then yeah, I think no, but Wikipedia does. I think list us or did list us at some time as the lesbian capital of the world or something. Why? Why is it a capital? Why are there so many lesbians? Uh, well, we have a couple of women's colleges mm-hmm. and then I feel like uh, like there's a there's a history. I don't I'm not going to speak to that, but that's just the way it turned out. And <laughs> I don't know, like uh, I feel like like Massachusetts, you could you could just like before people were out, they had they lived with aunts and friends Mm -hmm. and that was like um that was like a part of life there yeah and um yeah those uh, i don't know interesting so it was just a a really sort of safe space women felt safe i yeah yeah i mean i've never yeah i don't know did you Um, have lots of lesbian friends or was it just something that you were aware of well most of the time i lived there i was a child and um no one really sort of like did you have lots of aunts had had expressed sexuality (laughs) but yeah like that's like you know, you grow up and you just like you think it's normal that the like the chief of police is a woman and is okay. getting in trouble. Um, like the big scandal is like she hired her wife to do the website or whatever. Like that's just like <laughs> that's ador- oh my god. So if women are the police chiefs, then that those are the scandals. It's not like oh we we killed the wrong people all the time. Yeah, I mean, also what I said was maybe ahistorical and sort of not entirely <laughs> factual. So like let's, I mean, I, yeah. Um, but that was the impression that you had growing up there, and I think that's that's all that's. Important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 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 that's the narrative I've made as an adult about it. But yeah, I mean, so it's like, so yeah, it's like a normal deal. part of life. Like my first job, my first bar job was like in the fun local gay bar. Like, um, and by gay bar was that a gay bar, like a, a truly universal gay bar, or because so many, and I think in so many places, a gay bar is just for men. Right. So the town's like thirty thousand. So mm-hmm. you know you can't you can't be like totally exclusive but basically the way it worked was like weekends were for the boys more or less and like wednesday night it was like the pool table was free and there was melissa etheridge on the jukebox and like <laughs> you know like they probably made like chili i don't know and uh and then yeah, it would be like one lesbo night a week and then the weekend would be for the boys right or like it's sort of like it's a mixed crowd and then eventually like there's like i don't know we had a drag show once a week um that's a great I mean, job yeah i was 18 and wild like, wild that was like that's what i thought working in bars was like that's how i ended up doing it for the next 15 years because i was just like uh this is this is a good life oh my god you must have had so much fun i did that was a fun summer that yeah. was a super fun summer yeah Fuck. um there was yeah it was in there were like uh you're getting tipped in batmans and you know by Batman's, are you referring to? For me, I hear a Batman, I think of a like an ecstasy pill. Yeah, yeah exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> I can't remember if they were actual, like if that's what it was, but I feel like that was at the time, like something that's going around. I had a very good Batman, like just a few years ago. So. Oh, <laughs> that sounds great. I didn't think yeah. that people still took ecstasy, like pills, like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought it pills. was all just like you, you would get MDA as like a crystal or a powder and then like... No, pills are still quite big in Germany. Okay. Um, I, I, and they got bigger. They get bigger and bigger, it seems. Like the, like the, the physical size the, of them? The physical size. Like these days you cannot take a full pill. And if you take a full, like you can, but if you take a full pill, you are super like overwhelmed like it is like there's no you know it's like a full 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 thing and so usually you don't take more than no more than a half and i got to the point in in berlin i sort of i stopped taking hard drugs 
uh, let's say two years ago, but like the occasional dabble. But right. um, yeah, the pills that I was taking two, three years ago, uh, I would just have a quarter and that would... Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that would like, it wouldn't give you that crazy, like peaking high, but that would seriously affect you. What's the stuff? I mean, because this stuff is like dirt. It's it's a dirty drug. You don't, I mean, you kind of like... You just don't know what's in it because they can put anything in it. And that's the, and that's what's fun about a pill because it's like, (laughs) (laughs) go on a ride. It's uberations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they call them Tyler as well here. They like um, German youth, German youth. Yeah, I'm not one of them. Um, call them Tyler because they're so big you share them, right? Oh, yeah. That's sort of the fun. It's yeah. like a Kit Kat bar. Yeah. Um, exactly. A Kit Kat bar for the Kit Kat club. Yeah. Have a break. <laughs> Get uh, fucked up. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the thing is when you worked at the worked there, you could see what everyone was on mm-hmm. and then you could go ask the the drug dealer like what what's steve taking because that's what i want to do he's like oh then you do because you see someone else like slumped over i'm like i am not in the mood for that much heroin in my pill tonight um but that right? that's looks speedy so like heroin pills that's the thing like i whenever people ask me anna have you had heroin it's like not intentionally but i've definitely had smacky pills yeah 100 percent. like where i have you know had that whole like uh, slowing down and, and really sort of sleepy out of out of control vibe uh, yeah not particularly fun right opioid vibes have you had heroin no just just <laughs> no no i have not uh, like you said not intentionally yeah. but uh i mean the supermans were not you know or what is it there was the Mercedes. I don't, you know, Mitsubishi. Uh, that's Mitsubishi, what it was. That was the bad one. That was the you die or you end up in hospital, right? Right. No. I, no. The red Mitsubishi's. I remember in Australia were the ones. I don't think. Actually. I don't think we're in the same supply chain. Probably, okay. Right? No, we were probably. You're ten years. No, you're like seven years older than me. Yeah, and also like geographical antipodes, right? Yeah, but there was some crossovers. I think. I think people were communicating across the road about what they across the road across the world <laughs> about what they were making. Uh, yeah, it's um. I think yeah. so. I can't. I can't remember the pills that were like. I remember having omegas back when I was like twenty two. They were the smacky ones. Okay. They were, they were blue omegas. They had the omega sign. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I was like, never again. Um, but I don't really recall the other pills. Like I remember the other ones in Berlin. They were like minions and Coke bottles and uh, fuck Nazis. Ooh. Yeah, that was some cool. At Berghain, I had a Berghain pill once. It had ah, the little Berghain like, building right. on it. Oh, not the Berghain logo. The like, Was it the logo? Was it the... No, the it was building. the logo. You're right. I took a photo. It's somewhere. That's good. That's a good keepsake. Yeah. That's something to show your grandkids. Yeah, right? This is how cool I was. That is actually something to show your grandkids. That's like a... That's... Oh, please do that. Yeah, I'll make back a little, that up. Get a hard copy. Whatever you have to do. Yeah, make a little like um like water water uh you know like bath book like <laughs> oh yeah yeah squidgy book that they can take into the bath and have little like mementos from my my youth. Pass it on. Um, I love how I've already asked you if you've taken heroin. That's great. Uh, so that you had quite a wild uh wild straight out of sort of college or high school or whatever you call it in the states if that's what you started i don't know i don't think it was no i don't maybe for like that couple months that was my summer job Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that wild it was still like kind of a family business you know or at least it was like a little like the people worked there took care of each other and it wasn't it was less i mean okay it was 
I know who, people who had summer jobs, like working as an accountant, and like you know, so my whole yeah, body, bleh, yeah, like I'm sorry, guys, that's just not my idea of time well spent. Yeah, so that was a, it was certainly that was certainly fun. Mm. Um, yeah. I, okay. I, I <laughs> uh, like I worked different jobs or two. Like um, I think. Like for what they tried to have me work, they would always have like the new guy be on the dance floor looking for under it because they had I think it was eighteen plus or something. There's wristbands for people who could drink, so it must have been eighteen plus and twenty one to drink. And you were supposed to be out there like undercover trying to bust people for having a drink in their hand without a wristband, I guess. Wow. And I got pulled from that immediately. They were like, "You, you dance like a narc. Like you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't dance like a." <laughs> um. Now, in retrospect, like that's that's like what that's what happened. That's what I was told. Like that, like I did it a little bit. I think I might have not been actually there to bust underage <laughs> drinkers. I might have been a go-go boy. <laughs> <laughs> you were having too much fun. I no no no. I think they were like, let's put let's get Dan out on the dance because I was a cute guy. <laughs> and but they weren't gonna. Like, I don't know if they were like, hey, do you will you be a go-go boy? Uh, I would have been like, no, I don't think that's like what I want to do for a living. But they were like, can you go, can you go bus beat? Can you work security undercover? And I was like, sure. Do you believe in life after that? That was the song. That was one of the hit songs of the summer. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah, it's a great summer to, to the tunes. We had, we had that and the, uh, uh, Scrubs. Oh, no Scrubs. No Scrubs. Right. Great song. (laughs) No, the theme song from Scrubs. What do you... (laughs) What's this no scrubs you're talking about? That's a classic sitcom. You need scrubs. <laughs> you can't operate otherwise. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I, they moved me to the door. And then they moved you to... Uh, yeah. So when I... The door I, guy. I had my, my, um, my bar journey. I always wanted to work in a bar, but I kind of... I started working in a hotel when I was 16 and they didn't realize that I was 16. They were paying me according to my mother's birth date because I'd messed up the employment form. So I was getting paid as a 40-year-old when I was 16 years old. For, and they, they had me working the bar by myself. Wait, the system there was you get like wages based on how old you are? Yes. Yes. So I was earning, um, I was earning on a Sunday uh, $18 per hour. And when they found out that I just turned 18, they were like, oh, Anna, we've been paying you. We had your the wrong date. It's like, I've been employed here for two years. How did you not know that I wasn't 40? Like right. I'm clearly very young. And uh, they told me, no, um, you should only be receiving uh, $12 an hour. So, you know. Um, Were from- you just like Benjamin Buttoning? Is that? <laughs> yeah. You signed up. They're like, she's definitely 40. She's, she's definitely. Uh, no, they just didn't. They didn't. It was just, you know, one of those um, system errors. They just like, you know, got the employment form, put all right. punched in the numbers and boom, that's how much I was earning. Um, but so I started working at a, at a hotel bar when I was 16 and was behind the bar and doing all that stuff. But it took me another, then I did baristering stuff and it took me another till I basically was in my last year of university. So when I was 21 to actually be properly behind a cocktail bar uh, and doing all that stuff and having a very wild time using the powder room for powders. And there was a love, <laughs> there was a love room, the love lounge. This was a cocktail jazz nightclub. What the fuck? Yeah. We had a love lounge. So it was like all these dark corners with a love heart, um, shaped, uh, couch in the middle and, uh, nasty stuff would go on there. And this That's was just, disgusting. It was disgusting. It really was. It was like, don't sit. What was the name of this place? It. it was called kitten club. Okay, right. Yeah, a Tony Stars Kitten Club. 
Tony Starr. Star. Double R. Uh, is the Tony Starr an actual person? Yeah, apparently he was um, uh, some guy from New York and he had some outpost in Melbourne. Yeah, and uh, and then it got bought by my friend who was the owner and it was one of the top 10 uh, cocktail bars in Melbourne for several years. So we got some very, right. very nice talent from Scotland. Shout out to Steve Martin. Uh <laughs> and some other places and it would be wild we would have jazz bands play upstairs near the love lounge and um yeah it was it was really and a restaurant as well and so several floors and yeah i had some crazy wild times there lock-ins and um regular customers who would just buy us bottles of patron tequila and uh take us for whatever drugs we wanted and yeah this is my last year of university, so it was amazing that wow. I finished and yeah. did how I did, actually. You kept your grades up? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You can do that when you're 21. You I can have it all. I did it. I don't know how I was working 30 hours a week, getting fucked up at least three nights a week and still going to all my classes and doing all my assignments. It's unbelievable. It's uh, youthful metabolism. Yeah, right. Thank God for it, huh? Thank God. So did you did you go to you like university and, and yeah 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 after so I took it I didn't I didn't go out of high school I took that year off mm-hmm. and then um I, yeah I went to school in Boston uh, oh, cool for a few years uh-huh. uh huh I studied philosophy oh, and I did a minor in video production so, <laughs> That's so I got it covered. <laughs> minor well yeah mine's like yours mine's equally laughable you know like japanese italian and a minor in politics i mean a language you could still uh, learning (laughs) learning a foreign language or adding extra languages to your vocabulary increases the number of people you can talk to studying philosophy decreases it (laughs) like it's yeah people just shut off (laughs) i was done too by the end i was like you know what uh i've done this for a few years and what i figured out is that thinking is stupid and i don't want to do it anymore (laughs) So yeah, now I need to expand my video production skills. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the remarkably high number of my peers from those days stayed in the philosophy business wow. and are like doing it. They're the philosophy like, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the, what they this, call it, huh? The brain industry. The bra- uh, the thinking industry, not brains. Not brain. Yeah, mind, okay. mind, you know, mind brain. What I, what are they doing? Like, uh, there's like a couple professors. Um. Okay, respect, respect. Steve, Steve is, he he works in finance, but like as a journalist. Martin? No, <laughs> a different Steve. Steve, who uh, was like our German exchange student. Ooh. And um, then like, so, which was cool because he could un- read the stuff we were reading in the original language. And that was kind of True. fun. True, and there's some good uh, German, like Nietzsche yeah. and Freud and uh, others. Yeah, and it was yeah. So he was he was he was a good buddy. Jung, Jung, he was yeah. Yeah, um, um, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was like my first German too, you know. Little what Your I know. First German. Years later, I would well, it was like you know, there's things you start learning. Like we 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 went to this great little Italian restaurant uh, down in the south end there. They had this uh, clams vong. Uh, 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 they had a, it doesn't matter. Okay, I can know. I literally have lost the ability to talk to other human vongole beings. Vongole is clams in Italian. I know. That's why I said I said clams. You were like vongole. clams vongole. Yeah, I was like clams clams. <laughs> it's what they did. Oh, did you think that that was I was misspoke? No, they put clams into clams, and that was their dish, and that's why they were famous for it. It was clams 
angle. I think I well, I stopped because I, I couldn't remember if I had gotten there that if I'd had like the clams with pasta or if they had just had the clams dish that I went for uh-huh. and they would dip the bread in. Like I actually can't remember, but I remember clams. The point is we went there and he like snapped at the waiter as like a normal way of communicating no. to a waiter no. if you grew up where he did. And then our whole table was like, No, oh my God, and like no. the waiter turned around and we're like, he's German. We did, and he's like, what did I do? I just snapped to get his attention as any normal human being would. Never. Um, yeah. So then, uh, and then I, I ran into him years later here. And yeah. His, you ran into him? Oh, yeah. By accident? I, I don't know if it was entirely by accident, but um, I'm sure we like social media. Social acc- media. Like, I, he accidentally clicked on my Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, but then, and I, <laughs> I still, I, I see his, his brother all the time. That's crazy. Um, yeah. What was the time difference between your first German and seeing your first German in Germany? Uh, 20 years. Wow. Is that right? That can't be right. No. No, no. Less than that. Less than that. Because I used to be 20. Yeah. So 10 years. 10. Difference. Okay. My first German was my first like love. His girlfriend before me was from Hamburg and she was a German exchange student and I hated her. I hated the concept of her. And so I hated Germany for a long time. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. I don't understand. She was a German exchange student. Yeah. I never met her. She was just the first German I ever knew about after Hitler. And but she, your your first love was also German? No, no, no. He was oh, just Australian. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, two Germans went to Melbourne and then what? <laughs> no, my first boyfriend. They were siblings. <laughs> if that makes it any more. Uh, okay. Twins. German? Um, yeah, no, my first, my first boyfriend in Australia, Australian guy, his girlfriend before me, who he was super like, like obsessed, but you know, he'd gotten over her, but it was like the love of his life before me. Um, yeah, she was from Hamburg and I, yeah, I, that just turned me against Germans for a very long time. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, (laughs) I came in with a chip on my shoulder too. It was more like Holocaust than like... Already I mean, I mean, obviously yours is more personal. Yeah. No sense whatsoever. And then I really didn't meet any Germans. Yeah. Um, I never really met any Germans in Australia. Like, yes, I guess they were around, but not really. Like they, they no. never touched, touched my life really. And, and it was only, yeah, because I, so why did you move to Berlin? Uh, my wife got a job here. Uh-huh. And, and so, so we're going to be here for like a year or two. And then we just stayed. We just kept living in Berlin forever, yeah. never admitting that this is our home. Yeah. Okay. I was, I moved here with the, like I sold and got rid of everything I had in Australia, like a whole life, packed it all down into boxes, gave it away, sold whatever people would give me uh, within sort of five months. And yeah, came over here with no visa, pretty much no language. Uh, two suitcases and nothing else behind me. Right. And I was like, Berlin, this is my home. So does that answer your question about period blood? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> what did you tell me? What did no, you tell me on that online no, show? Yeah. the So it was like, yeah, I got introduced. So to circle back around, it was in Santa Cruz, 1998 or 99. Santa Cruz. I, uh, I got introduced to the moon cup, I believe is what it was called mm-hmm. at the time. What did it like? How was it? How does it differ to the current? To be honest, I don't know that I saw it. Um, okay. Because I don't recall. I mean, I just don't think it was like left out on the bathroom counter. And certainly while she was using it, I wouldn't have seen it. Um, certainly. Unless it's like she ever emptied it out whilst in front of you. Yeah. Um, and then, no. <laughs> and I also like, I'm not sure. Like this is, this is now a ways back. I can't remember if, if it was hers or a friend's. But I'm sure when I 
said it on stage, I was like, it was hers because you just like make your story simpler. You're not like yes. my roommate had a friend who had a friend who had this thing. And then blah, blah, blah. so the point is someone had a moon cup and then uh, to go with it, a moon jar where the um, to, to that she wouldn't have to throw out her period blood um Into down the, the toilet down the toilet and i feel like i i like again like if, if i want to do justice as a story and not tell it as an onstage version i feel like there was like something else in the jar too like like clay or dirt that would like absorb it maybe Ooh, um, this is getting like, way she, witchier like, i can't yeah that's the thing is like it was eventually gonna like make a thing that would be planted or grown or like put to some secondary use oh, wow. but like I, I the details are like all i remember is like it would go into a jar and not be thrown out because it was something that was like, yeah, had some utility or yeah. sacred value or yeah. I can't remember if it was like, yeah, like a biodynamic farming or like straight up witchcraft or like, I don't know, just like a lucky keepsake, you know, <laughs> like, I always like to keep my, <laughs> I don't know, like just stuff. I get close. that. Like, you know what I, I've been really like really getting upset about wasting is the lint from my dryer. I thought you were going to say from your belly button. No. That is... It's so annoying when I take it out and then I just have to put it in the bin. You know, I got a deep, hairy belly button, so I collect a lot. I collect a lot. I wear cotton, you know. That's not even... No, but, like, there's all that lint in your dryer, and I feel like there's got to be some use for this. This is, like, like a resource. You could make felt from it, I think you could make felt, or, like, if we all collected it, it's, like, a biofuel of some kind. It just feels like... Well, burning, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't that, know. It that, just seems like it's there for the taking, and someone should be using it. it, it maybe it's me, but I think you should get a lint jar. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've been playing with it, and I said you this mean, in front of my kid, and then like he also was like, "Why are, yeah, why are we throwing all that good stuff?" <laughs> and it, Your kid's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Um, <laughs> yeah, why? Are, why are we wasting that good stuff? Yeah, you just say like you say something out loud to your like you might be like doing your laundry, be like, man, why am I throwing all this stuff out? And then that just goes away into the air. But I'll yeah. say it, and then some four year old is like, yeah, <laughs> why are we doing that? Dad's got a great idea. Yeah, they tell, oh, actually, um, my dad's a genius, guys. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I, I hope you do get like a little box. I like just get a bu- bucket next to your next to your washing machine and start collecting it. I want to have like a game plan because also yeah. and then like and then I worry like cause sometimes it comes out it can be still a little bit damp and I gotta like put it in the dryer again oh, you've or really something. Thought about this is amazing. I, I also yeah I have like a three stage filter system. So then I thought about like maybe I want to use like the fine stuff differently than the thick stuff. Like and I just feel like someone some there's like an answer like someone's like oh yeah use it to make a pillow. Have you googled it? no like that does <laughs> okay, not seem there like an obvious an obvious uh solution to my 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 existential angst about my lint or even just like pinterest i don't know there's gotta that's, be something right yeah that'll right? come up yeah you'd think i googled something the other day did not get the answer yeah I, that happens to me all the time it does what was the last thing yeah. you googled and couldn't get an answer oh on? what was it I Google things all the time and I don't get, I, I want to, I can't think of it right now, but the question that came to me with this Lynn story is, um, are you a hoarder? Like, do you like to keep lots of stuff? No. No? Well, I, that's, it's, mm. I have some, like, I, I, there's a lot of things I love to get rid of. I, I hate owning. I don't like to get things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's partially because it's hard to get rid of them once I have them. Uh-huh. But there's certain things like, I, I hate keeping books that I've read. Oh yeah. I, I benefited from a, a book. Oh of yeah. Yours. You got a free book. I, I don't think I read that one. Um, you didn't read it? You didn't read it? I don't, I don't, I don't Bukowski's post office? Oh, that, that one I did read a lot okay. of, I think. Um, yeah. 
and not, not um, or some Bukowski who maybe it wasn't that one. Yeah, I, I read that. I read that one. Okay, we'll say you read it. I did. No, that one. I I definitively will say I did read that. Um, but you don't like you don't like keeping books. Yeah, I like since I moved to Berlin with the two suitcases, I have. I have a lot of books. Like each time I've moved, I'm like, God damn, I got a few books already. Like and I moved here with 11 books uh, and that was it. And wow. Then... Now you have 13. Wow. How long did that take you? <laughs> yeah. But I, like I, I've said recently to myself and other people, I will know that I have fully settled down when I have a record player again and vinyls because they are the most annoying thing to travel, like to move house with. This was the summer, last summer I bought a record player. Ah, you did it. Yeah. I'm so jealous. And I, I had that thing. It. I was like, I'm waiting for my next move. When I move into my next place is when I'll buy a record player. Yeah. And then it was like lockdown and I was like having my like birthday blues and I was just like, uh, I'm getting a record player. I'm getting on. a record player. I don't yeah. care anymore. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's been great. Oh, man, it's I really... miss it. I just miss the sound of vinyl and I miss like the process of looking through. There's something really meditative and... and... Listening to a whole album instead yeah. of like skipping this song, going to that playlist... Yeah repeating whatever like just listening to the album and um it's a really great too like when i'm listening with the kid because again like there's no digital interface Mm -hmm. like it's a linear record player so he can do it himself like he's been able to do it since i got it like go put the record on hit play and like you know go turn on the speakers and um so yeah now like that and then it, it just like instead of like having to like decide what song you want to listen to from the infinite variety of all music ever created. Right. Uh, no pressure. Just like, yeah. No pressure. I have 40 options and that's just like, <laughs> that's it. Maybe. I love it. And yeah, I, um, I've got really fun memories. Like I've also got a bit of trauma, but fun memories of, of my dad's record collection. He had a huge one and I, 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 inherited a lot of those after the divorce when dad was like i don't want to go through them just let your mom keep them and then um and i got them because my mom was like that's, that's, that's not my stuff what was the collection there was lots of stuff it was lots of stuff from like uh there was there was and they're all gone now they're all gone but it's like there was all sorts of stuff like aretha franklin and bowie and um dad you know there was some Beatles uh, talking heads, you know, all like a wow. bunch of stuff. I you're just describing my record collection. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Like, I'm your dad. <laughs> oh no. You're also me. Like it's also my favorite records, but I, I was at, on a date recently and um, it's great. The last couple of guys have all had record players and have all been like, here's my record collection. I'm like, great. This is what I miss the yeah. most. So anyway, um, like going, you're to- like dad, <laughs> daddy, <laughs> I'll sit on your lap. Um, no, self-conscious. I mean, subconsciously. Not even. No, no. Because I had records like without okay. my father. Like my dad wasn't around for a while. So. Okay, right. <laughs> he left. I love. I, I love. I love that. Like my suggesting that you're trying to replace your dad with other men who you know, and you're like, no, no, no. I'm not trying to do that. My dad was never even around. It's like, hmm. Right. Yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> No, I had a great stepfather, and he had, is the father okay. figure. But I, I meant my connection with records was yeah, very yeah. much like I. It's yours. It's mine. Yes, it's mine. Yes, when I'm I, sorry. when I, when my first full time job, when I finally, not finally, I graduated university at twenty. This is your third. This is your third first full time job. <laughs> so far, you've told me about. <laughs> no, my first full time, like not a, first full time job. Um, I was working in an insurance company. My parents were like, well, my mom worked at this insurance company. She got my brother to work at this insurance company. And she was like, Anna, stop working at that bar, the crazy cocktail lounge mm-hmm. bar. Uh, you're going to end up dead in the gutter. Um, it, it got me a job there. And after my first uh, paycheck, 
I had never had so much money at one time because right. I'd used all my time that month being at this fucking boring office. And uh, the first thing I did was bought uh, two record players and a mixer with my brother. Wow. Yeah, that was the first thing I did. And um, yeah. And then I would like try to learn how to mix and I'd be like trying to mix Aretha and Bowie and like right. <laughs> horrible stuff, but lots of fun. But um, but yeah, I inherited a bit of trauma as well because uh, yeah, on these dates recently, it would be like, oh, like, can I? And you know, and be like, can I? Can I put it on the? Can I put it on the rec? Do you mind if I touch? It? Can I? Right. Which, what should I touch? For? Like acting like a child, but right. you know, I don't want to fuck up someone's record player. I, yeah, it yes. terrifies me. <laughs> really scares me. Good. And good. the records I've, themselves. It's just like around right, the edges, around the edges. I'm like that with my own records, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get yelled at. And then my kid touches them. I'm like, you put that fucking dick out. No, it's, I'm not. I don't do that. I don't know how I'll be with my own kids. I look at my brother. Oh God, I hope my brother doesn't listen to this. I look like I, because I worked at a kindergarten for two years. Right. And I love, like, I'm good with kids. Like, objectively, you know, like, yeah. I, I'm really, it's... Yeah, boundaries. Some people got it. Yeah. Having, huh? Yeah. You know. Super humble. Yeah. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to, you don't have to be humble. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're good with kids. <laughs> I'm good with kids. Um, but then I look at my brother and then I'm, when I'm with my brother's kids, it's like having your own kids is a totally different thing. Like having yeah. them around you all the time. Yeah. You just don't like, I think, and because they're yours, you have a different set of expectations of their abilities or their, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's I mean it's individual, but like yeah, it's not the same thing. Like being good with other people's kids, being good with your own kids is like it's a completely different skill set. And it's also like, you know, uh, I don't know where the pressure is higher. I guess it depends on your personality. If like some people, I'm sure, are like it's my kid, I can do what the fuck I want, mm. and like would be terrified of like messing up someone else's kid. Mm. And like some people, you know, I think when you're a parent, you're like, mm, everything I do right now will have um, significant impact on their future psychology and whether or not they're a useful member of society. And like, yeah. I, like, uh, should I, should I, I don't know if I buy this ice cream, is that, is going to be, grow up to be a psycho? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, some people aren't um, that neurotic. I don't know. The, 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 are you that neurotic? <laughs> neurotic? I don't know. At times. Sure. At times. Yeah. yeah you have but, moments. Of- but there's also times. And I think uh, one of the reasons I like having like other kids come over is it kind of, I can kind of reset to like, children are amazing. Yeah. And like, like they're all, you know, it's, it's great. And whoever they are is great. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's like about them and it's not me. And like, they're their own people. And, mm-hmm. um, so that social element gives you a bit of perspective. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know how to articulate it, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's healthy for me to be sometimes around like groups of kids or like their friends and things like that. Yeah. Yeah the playground you know just to see like children are great yeah um because you can get i think it's easy to get trapped and like um i mean i love kids and i love being around kids and Mm. i think Mm. i mean one of the things that like you see stand up a lot of men talking about their kids the trope in stand up is like yeah it's not like that fun they're not really celebrating it too much which is Mm. like um something i i find distasteful totally i don't like i don't i can't understand yeah I can't like I can't think of any, but it does seem to be. I'd say like earlier, like I don't know, pre- old school comedy. It's 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 men not really talking with joy about having kids. It's more like they're an inconvenience on the side, or like they're they're not that smart, or you know, dumb, or I don't yeah. Know. I mean, not so uh, not so in love with the the sure. dynamic. Yeah, I love my kids, but but yeah, you know, yeah, eh. that trope. 
Um, but you actually uh, ran a ran and I guess intend to continue running a comedy show for parents with children yeah. in the audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you do that show? I didn't. I wanted to, but I worked. Uh, you know, I work. I work. I work. So I couldn't. I couldn't take a day off. Well, I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> but it would not have been worth it financially. Well, I, it like a, a day, like a holiday day. Yeah. To do a comedy show is a no. little bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun show. I mean, it was like it was for the parents. It was. I was like the description of the show was: if your kids can understand what I'm saying, don't bring them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to do it because I wanted to do my filthiest material. Yeah. <laughs> and like be looking into the eyes of babies. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's interesting. So like, I, and I feel like you could, it was interesting. Some some people really responded by being like, well, I think my goal today is to say fuck as many times as possible. Yeah. I'm like, I've seen you perform for adults and that's not what you're like. <laughs> and there's people okay. who just did up straight up did their material and like, yeah, uh, I mean, the audiences were pretty open, open-minded about that. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. it's like, at some point, I'm like, if you say "fuck" one more time, that will be this kid's first word. Like, yeah, I'm not. So, yeah, I'm not interested in profanity. But yeah. like, profanity, what an intense name for, yeah. <laughs> Duty caca talk is Duty. what we call it. <laughs> yeah. My my uh, my son learned "fuck" from one of the records. Oh, actually. Do you yeah. know which record? Or yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It was uh, I, I bought H two O's. I think second. I don't. It's, they're they're like a early nineties hardcore band. Uh huh. And they they talk they such foul mouths on those boys. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's definitely like how. I mean, he'd heard it around or whatever, but that's when he was like, I think I need to start saying this sometimes. Yeah, like, this is um, this is cool. It was without a doubt his favorite album for months. Like that was oh, like he no just way. went from like yeah, it was like the white album to that. Oh, the White Album. What a fucking great album. But then to H2O. Okay. Yeah. Now I sort of weaned him off of that. Yeah. Into other of stuff. Oh, fuck. Of, of H2O. <laughs> off, off of H2O. It's not like his <laughs> number one. That's one crazy thing. Like, like you, you mentioned, like, you know, the, the records you were talking about. And you get this thing where it's just like the box starts filling up with men really quickly. Yeah. It's so fast. Uh, to the point where, you know, then it's like I have to like started making a conscious effort to like mm-hmm. I mean first of all when he was like two or whatever started getting obsessed with the Beatles we we told him that Yoko was one of the Beatles oh, uh, because I was just like cool. I'm just like because I'm like otherwise you just think men make music so yeah, I was like that's good yeah we just like gave him a picture with like the five of them I was like that's the Beatles <laughs> You eventually like figured out that that wasn't like a hundred percent accurate, but yeah. whatever. My dad wasn't a big fan of Yoko, but like there was a lot of females, like you know Tina Turner right. and um, yeah, like Aretha. we have Aretha, we have Aretha album. Yeah. Uh, oh. I got him Bikini Kill. He loved that. Okay. Um, they also use the F word a lot. He likes any song with the word revolution in it. So like <gasps> Janet Jackson, Chasey Trapman is Casey big in our house too yeah. right now. He's just like any for some reason that word he thinks is great. It is a great word. Um, it's so much power. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah, like, the, like we had the like it's like the first bikini kill. It's like we want we want revolution girl power now. <laughs> and he just loves like he just like wants to hear the beginning of that record every time. Oh, that's adorable. It Nina is. Cherry was one of my dad's favorites nice. as well. Um, fuck yeah, I love that shit. Okay, so I lo- yeah. Uh, yeah this idea of of the 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 clay. I was just remembering the yeah the putting your menstrual blood yeah. into a jar. To go and be absorbed by a piece of clay to then be reused somewhere. I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I think it was, it was, you know, it's fine. I think she made the jar herself. That's what I'm also remembering. Wait, this was a, a lover. Of me? Yeah. No, no, This no, was no, a no. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the way, the, I, I believe it was a friend of my roommates. But she was, she I, wasn't a citizen of Lesboville. This was in Santa Cruz? Yeah, she, okay. she was probably a lesbian, though. Okay. That was like, that was kind of the, 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 the crew I ran with at that time. I like, I didn't make a lot of friends while I was there. So I had this group of kids I would hang out with sometimes and they were all, um, I think, were they Seventh-day Adventists? I can't remember exactly. They were, they were part of some Christian group that like didn't approve of most things. Okay. Um, so, and I can't, no, 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 they weren't, they weren't Seventh-day Adventists. They were not, uh, I, now I, I feel like a real ignorant asshole. They were mm. not Mormons. They were not Seventh-day Adventists. They were Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah. Um, but they were like kind of the black sheep. So I, like, mm. we would like go to the punk shows and like drink Jaeger and mm-hmm. they would come over to my house because like I had my own place or whatever. So I think some of them were young. Or, I'm not sure. That's such an interesting crew to hang yeah, with. Yeah. It was just some kids I felt like I like met one time. So like that was I had that crew. And then people I met at work. I worked at this like import shop kind of place where, you know, like they sell... Polynesian jewelry and Mary Jane shoes and like weird crap. You know, cool. there was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. You can put your weed in here. Like, <laughs> I don't remember that. No, Soapstone ex- elephants. Yes, I know the place. They in Australia, me- there was one called Ishka and they sold all those things. It was just like incense and things to put your weed in and like, uh, kind of like, yeah, not Mary Jane shoes, but they branched out eventually. Right. Um, that's interesting. This whole uh, religious, like, uh, were they were they still part of the church? These people? I mean, they were young, so they were you know like late teens, early twenties, and okay. um, you know, I think some of them would like go to. I think they they don't call it church. Like they go to meetings or groups or you know because there was there was partially mm-hmm. also like they didn't come out to me about this yeah. initially either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, this is also a long time ago. Again, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> not that long <laughs> geologically. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I the thing like they were like there was a life they led that was still there with their parents, just like mm. anyone who grew up religiously. Yeah, it's so interesting. My one of my best friends, um, well, my best friend, I best friend. Bleh, I used to have such a problem with that term, and now I use that term for a lot of people. I just I, I'm a bit of a best friend uh, polygamist, I guess. How many? How, how many, many best friends? Best friends? Do you think you have? Right I think now? I've got th- like th- three, three or four. Are they geographically separate from each other? Mostly. There's a couple that are in Berlin. You can't. You, I don't think you can have two. You can't have it. Two best friends in the what, same area. Code. Well, one's like, like the oldest friend I have, and one's the person that's been there for me for like the closest for the last say four years. So it's like oldest friend. Yeah. yeah you know? Okay, I see what you're saying. You know, you know what I mean? Like, one is silver and the other gold. Exactly. One's a girl. One's a boy. Um, <laughs> one's in, and then one's in Australia. So, um, All right, I'll allow it. so, okay, great. So my Australian best friend, uh, I met her because she, uh, ended up living with me and, um, and she came over for this housemate interview and we just hit it off. But I opened the front door, she rang the bell and I was, I was, um, in my last year of my honors, uh, I was studying Dante's Inferno. I'm like, it was so cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's a good book. It's a great book. That's one of the books I brought to Berlin. Nice. <laughs> That's how much I love it. And which um, translation? It's both. It's Italian and, and oh, which, which yeah. translator? Oh yeah. Uh, I would forget the name of the translator, mm, okay. but yeah, it's, it's the jewel. Anyway, I studied it in Italian and had Whoa. to write papers on in Italian. So, um, 
And I was sort of late running. Why isn't that your podcast? No, you should stick with the sex thing. (laughs) I was like, this is interesting. So which layer of hell are we in now? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which circle, I should say. Upside down in the upside down in the mud, right? Uh, you're you're Lucifer. <laughs> is that Lucifer? No, it's the people no, who are like frozen. stuck upside down, their feet sticking out. In yeah. The, oh, in you're making me want to get the book out. I used to know because there's 33 um, verses. Okay. Right, 33. Like three is the, the magic number, and uh, and the different circles of hell. Oh, there's some great um, diagrams that show how it's actually like yeah. three dimensionally built. Um, but the, I think the coolest part of it is just that um, the center of hell is frozen and Lucifer is actually like completely um, still. And that's what uh, like the center of hell is. It's like it's not burning fire. Right. It's ice cold immobility. Like right. that's what true punishment is. Right. The opposite of life is like static. Stillness and, yeah. and silence. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was late running to the door uh, to open the door for her. And I was like, I opened the door in this flurry. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm studying Dante's Inferno because, you know, like the Catholic <laughs> Church, you've got you've to know your enemy to really fight it, you know, like, ugh, religion. <laughs> and so <laughs> take her through the house. We end up having... The interview's supposed to be half an hour. We right. end up chatting for like an hour and 45 minutes. And then it turned out she was the Pope's granddaughter. Exactly. How embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I'm so, oh, my God. I thought we were best friends. Yeah, well, that... You know, take it easy on the Catholics. <laughs> well, it turned out uh, towards like, an, you know, an hour. It was like, oh, God, like, this is crazy. It's, you know, we're having such a good time. I've got an appointment soon. But um, and I was like, but I do have like a dirty, like a dirty secret to tell you. I was like, I'm like, I got to let you know I, I am vegan and um and she was like oh um that, like that's okay and i'm like i don't expect you to like i don't i don't care i'm not gonna judge you like i won't talk about it i promise like you won't even know but just so you know and she's like okay well i've got a bit of a secret and i was like okay what's that and uh she was like i'm i'm mormon and i was like oh tell me about i was like i'm so sorry about how i opened the front door <laughs> Wow. And she was like, no, no, it's cool. Like I'm moving to, a, she was moving from New Zealand to Australia and, um, she was on a mission. She was, no, she was a mission wasn't. here in <laughs> Melbourne. She's like, I'm going to go to the kitten club and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to convert these, these wild Australians. These wild lost uh, women. But she'd already, she'd already sort of, um, been experimenting, leaving the church. Like she had been, um, physically intimate with a partner, for example. And okay. Things like that. Um, she'd, I think she, I'm not sure if she, I think she may have tried alcohol, but she'd never really been drunk. And, um, and within three months of living with me, um, yeah, she, she left the church. (laughs) She was like, so what's vegan? You're like, well, first you have to drink a bottle of Patron. That's an important part of the diet. I, I, I welcomed her with, uh, like, no, I, I got her into it with rosé. Uh, I had a friend who was a sommelier, and, like, we, we got good wine at home. And, you know, I took her out to right. nice restaurants and stuff and sort of showed her the, the bar um, and gastronomy culture a little bit and then partied. And, yeah, yeah. And I never took credit for her leaving the church because that until is... Until now that on the podcast. Not, until <laughs> now. Until, the, until the, she actually said, Anna, like, uh, I think last time I was in Australia, she said, you know, you you're 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 a big part of the reason why I, I left wow. the church. I've never had that much effect on anyone. <laughs> and even better, now she's a lesbian. Great. <laughs> more Mormon, more woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're not vegan anymore. No. <laughs> no, I I well at home I um like I 
I don't buy uh, butter. Okay, except for butter. I, I pretty much don't buy anything that's not vegan except for... Even if I, if I didn't live with people that would eat butter, maybe I wouldn't buy butter. I pretty much am vegan at home. But if people bring eggs or cheese, then I'll eat it. And then if I'm a guest... What about people, these chocolate butter cookies oh, yeah, on the I've, table? Yeah, I, I, if I, it's I've, junk food, that doesn't count. It's not even really food. So how can it not be vegan? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. if someone's like, here, I made a pork belly, I'll be like, yeah, I'll have a second helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I... That was my... I, I used to call it Vegas. Vegas. It's like vegan, except like there's one letter and that's just like for times when it's socially, <laughs> S for socially appropriate. That's way better than. So well, yeah. I was there, I was like, I was like vegan, but I was like a, a like a 19 year old vegan, which means I just survived on like coffee and baklava. Oh, and yeah. uh, cause I was, I was like working at a Middle Eastern uh, uh, restaurant slash club. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but I'd be like, if I'm at like my grandfather's birthday party and he's like, it's roast beef time. I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. Absolutely. And it's also like, I'm, I believe in, um, that I believe that a vegan diet is largely is more sustainable. I don't, I don't, I feel, I don't feel I can justify the consumption of, of meat, uh, as in like me buying it and doing it. Like I, I think the, the, the impact chain on the environment and like right. the treatment of animals, I can't justify that. But if it's given to me or offered to me, I'm also going to enjoy the fact that I am at the top of the food chain and I am at the top of these food processes and this sort of system of exploitation. And as a human, I'm going to enjoy it and I'm not going to fight. I'm tired of, I was, I was quite a militant vegetarian for 10 years and then a vegan for two years after that. And, um, and then it was just like, I just want to be able to eat when I'm hungry and not be angry that the system doesn't agree with my values. Right. And now you can just get vegetarian food everywhere. So like yeah. now you're screwed. Well, vegetarian, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But when I moved to Berlin, yeah, I was like, I'm moving to Berlin because it's really vegan friendly. And then I would be rushing to work when I moved to Berlin. Yeah. And I was like, the Turkish bakeries are not vegan friendly. I can't get a vegan. Like, I'm going to get a bread roll and a couscous salad every day. Like, no, yeah. I'm going to, I want a bit of cheat. Like, I wanted some spinach and there's there's egg in that. There's butter in that. So yeah. I... And then like when I worked at the kindergarten, for example, there was always food for us to eat, but it would be like, I, I really experienced the full German cuisine, the kitchen, the, the full menu of traditional German food. And I just ate it every day. Like yeah. all the things like dead grandma. There is a dish called Torte Oma. What's, um, I don't believe I'm familiar with this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They were like, you know what? German food's not revolting enough. Let's <laughs> make sure we put a name on this. That makes it seem inedible. <laughs> And it looks like uh, someone's ground up human remains and it's like this really loose, fleshy, um, cooked meat. It's, it's, it's repulsive. Gilp. <laughs> and I've never seen a German be like, yeah, no, it looks good. Like they're like, Ooh, right. <laughs> like, they kind of take pride in just how repulsive it is. Right. Right. Of course. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. only I could. Yeah. Prove that I can oh, think over the record player, put on like Barbara Demon Barbara Seville, and just oh, Germans, but yeah, I, I ate everything. I ate, I, yeah, everything every day at that keto. Yeah, give a shit. Yeah, I've been, I've been eating a lot less meat. Oh, just I'm, I'm losing my bill. And, and the, one of the hardest places for me is the uh, the meat section of the grocery store. Mm. That's when it gets grossest to me because it's so cheap. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe your grocery store. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> oh, poor people. No, um, 
No, I mean it's it's probably like I have a bit of a phobia about like plastic, and then it's just what do you it's mean? all laid oh, out there. You need to um, you mean a bit of a phobia about plastic? Phobia is way too strong a word. Like nothing clinical. It, like I did go through a phase where like I couldn't. I got really upset about having to buy plastic, <laughs> and like throw it out or recycle it or whatever. And uh-huh. like I would tr- do everything I could to like limit the amount of plastics because mm-hmm. it's just around forever, right? I mean, yeah. it can be to some extent like recycled or whatever, but like you can't. It's there. We made it. And, uh, and so I would like go <laughs> seeing the twinkle of crazy. I, know, I would go like, there's like five grocery stores on my, my neighborhood. I would like, go to each one to buy what I could buy there, like package free or mm-hmm. without plastic packaging. Mm-hmm. So like I would get meat at like the Turkish place. Cause they had a butcher and they would like wrap it up there and I would buy what broccoli would wrap- from that place. Cause it wasn't in cellophane and okay. the what paper. would they wrap the meat up in? Like wax paper. paper yeah, wax yeah. paper. Okay. And so like, yeah, I was like, I fucking lost it on plastic for a while. And one day I was just like, Dan, this is, I mean, you live in a city with like an incredible recycling program, like yeah, like save it and then um save your energy around it. Yeah, yeah. save your mental health. Yeah, that too. You just, I would just, I just started spit, you know. So then I came, <laughs> and then I, that's like probably when I stopped using deodorant. <laughs> what do you, what do you use for deodorant? Excuse me. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> it's you. Well, <laughs> for a while I was using this like putty that you would yeah, get in like a glass jar. Yeah, I use then, a putty. And then, but I, I didn't, I really hated it having it on my fingers, especially when I had like a baby, like, cause it's like, it's, I know it's like natural, but like, you just, it's like weird. It gets in but there. But it's once a day that you get it on your fingers. Yeah, but I didn't like that. And now I've, I've, <laughs> my most, and I also just don't use it that much. Um, it's crazy when you go back to like, a, like, a, a, like America and you're like, oh my God, I smell terrible. Like I smell totally normal for a Berliner, but like, yeah. there's all these things like at my fashion, fashion. Oh no, you cannot go back to your country of origin like, dressing like a I don't know, like I don't a, know when you, you, like when you met me, but like there was a time when I had like long hair and like a mustache. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, I, that's I when I first balding. met you. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And then <laughs> I think, I think that like it was literally, I was like an American. I was like, oh, I don't. I can't go anywhere like this. <laughs> like they're not gonna let me into the mall. Um, yeah, because you would my look clothes, like I was like my clothes are dirty. Oh uh, yeah, it's- I whenever I visit my mom in London, I like she doesn't know what I dress normally like because I just take the cle- like the the most um, I don't know. I've st- I've started actually like it's been like a year and a half since I've been able to visit anyone in in, in right. London, but. It's a, it is a different wardrobe. You have to you have to take the stuff that's not quite so homeless looking. Yeah. yeah. Or like yeah, nothing, homeless chic is the yeah. Like what passes for white on a t shirt here is like <laughs> it's crazy. What passes for acceptable footwear? It's like I feel like on the train, the number of times I'm checking out a guy, and then I and then I really focus on the shoes, and then it's always that question of like is like is he is he cool or is he homeless yeah yeah, no i saw this guy and he had he had shoes that he made out of like like a torn off bottom of two different shoes and like (laughs) duct tape and like all these different things and it was literally and i i remember he had a he was he had this giant either uh the biggest scarf i'd ever seen Uh or a blanket that he had wrapped around him (laughs) and i could not i've never been so confused as to whether or not someone was like homeless or an artist right and then like he was asking for directions from this woman and like he had some sort of accent i I don't know if i do it it'll be racist against all of southern europe 
um, <laughs> like just ambiguously. I don't want you but to like do he's it. just like he's like uh, I am looking for this place. It is uh, uh, they have so many balloons <laughs> and like. You know, and she's looking at him like, what? He's like, you know, the, they float above you. Balloons. She's like, yeah, no, I know what a balloon is. I love it when someone explains the most obvious part of the sentence. Yeah. And they're asked what you mean. And so, like, she, he, like, gets out some tattered paper. And she's like, yeah, you know, you know, it's in a couple of stops. And then he, he's like, he has to sit next to her. on the, This is, on, the, of course, the M41, which I wrote over. Oh, classic. He has to sit next to her. And, and she says, oh, no, I'm, I'm waiting for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> just like, on the bus. It was just such a great line. But he was like, fair enough. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, yeah. Like Big Scar, I have to say, this was like two falls ago when Big Scars were big, really in. Yeah, yeah. So it was like very, like now I'd say homeless. Before, you know, a few years before that was in homeless. But at that very moment, ambiguous. that giant tattered black knit yeah. thing, yeah. was it could have been like a 4,000 euro scarf. Yeah. I feel like I feel he like the could jackets. have found it in a dumpster, and neither of those two things would prove whether or not he was homeless or an artist. Exactly. I feel like the the jackets in the last few seasons have really been like uh, with this with this idea in mind that you could also use them as sleeping bags. Like all of these big yeah. big puffer guys. It's like yep. you 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 could just you could keep walking, or you could just sit down under Frankfurter Alles Bridge. Like you know, you'd be comfortable either way. Right. I don't. I can't. I can't bring myself to buying those those big puffy jackets. Yeah, they just they look too versatile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm 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 not a big winter jacket guy in general. I like I like layers. I like layers, but I do like you know I do like a I, I like a winter jacket because it becomes your personality, right? Like it's all you can see in winter of yourself when you're out. It's like you are that jacket. Yeah. And yeah. so you need to light the jacket. Well, I think that's maybe the issue is like there's there's just not a winter jacket that is says who I am. That you've that you found yet. Maybe it'll come. I don't think so. Uh-huh. I just don't think anything that functional. I'm just I'm not a functional person. Like you can't. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the thing that annoys me about summer though. It's like this one dress doesn't say enough about me. It's like it's too it's like That's with why you summer. have tattoos, right? Yeah, it's true. And that's it's as soon as I said that I realized <laughs> that's why I have tattoos. Do you have tattoos? No. None. 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 I don't, you know. Your proper... I had a vision for one, you know, so youth, I never quite, you know, pulled the trigger and... People are always... Yeah, I I never felt entitled to them, right? You feel like you're... I never felt entitled to a tattoo. Why? You didn't feel... Um, Because I I was someone who always like lived in the future and the past and not in the present. And you have to... (laughs) And and so I was like... like, (laughs) That's a tattoo right there. (laughs) Yeah. Like anything, anything I'd ever thought of that I thought would have been a good tattoo, I would look back on and be like, that's dumb. So anything I'm thinking now is probably also dumb. But maybe someday I'll have some amount of self-knowledge to where I could be entitled to having like a decision like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then it's like, then I could never get there. Mm, well, you're you're create yeah you're creating the future in your head, and you're not giving you're you're closing all these doors. So now, yeah, now like I want to get a tattoo, but I'm also like, God, that's just like food out of my baby's mouth for like three hundred bucks. Is. It is. It's like I don't. Ugh. And all that mental t- like, if you want it, it'll like it'll come to you. And I always wanted a tattoo, and I I did some designs, and I had some ideas, and nothing ever was like, yeah, I want to have this permanently in my body. And then it was um, when I uh, decided to get married, 
it was like, oh yeah, let's do. A, I don't want a ring because I don't like the history, like the the historical um, right. significance of rings. I don't want to be a part of that. But a tattoo would be cool. And so <laughs> I was like, right. this is my chance. Pamela Lee did it. So <laughs> who? Pam Anderson. Pamela Lee. <laughs> well, when she was married, it was yeah. Pamela Lee, right? That's yeah. they got they got. I think tattoos. I don't. Yeah, know. I was like, I love him that much that I want it on my body forever. Right. But we'll make it so that if it doesn't work out, I'm still gonna like the tattoo. So, right. um, and, and you know, got this tattoo, um, which is like the one on my forearm. Yeah, the one that just says "I love Steve." That's yeah, it's awesome. like Steve Martin forever, <laughs> uh, number four. Um, but we we did it so that like we had our own personal thing as half the tattoo, and then the other half was the symbol for our wedding ring. So you know, and, and I got this first tattoo. And it is huge. Like yeah. it is all you of right my in, all the way there. All of my forearm. <laughs> and I walked away, and people were like, "Wow!" I think, I think for the listeners, we should explain that it's just a series of swastikas. <laughs> and then, and then, and then it's it's and then afterwards, though, it's it says in the sort of Simpson style script, it just says "not." <laughs> oh, that's horrendous. Yeah, that's exactly what is tattooed on my arm. Um, but then yet after that, after that marriage broke down and my heart was destroyed, um, I then needed to get another tattoo to balance that out, obviously. So that's when this one came about and the design for that was quite, you know, natural. It came from like this, um, uh, yeah, it came from this, uh, book called women who run with wolves, which, uh, women who run with the wolves. Um, and it's about, yeah, it's got a tale about Baba Yaga. It basically dissects, um, fairy tales from around the world and, uh, analyzes their meaning in um, psychotherapeutic like analytic feminine feminist sure. analytics yeah analytics not quite the right word but yeah <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it's the house of Baba Yaga so who's the witch in, in Polish and Russian uh, folklore and so her house is yeah has chicken feet of course and jumps around and it has all of the symbolism and so yeah I felt like that balanced out my my wedding ring tattoo which was right. you know it had such a sort of dependency vibe and like I only had this one like no I have to have one that's all me right. and like power and I will have a home again and love can exist again right and uh and then the other the third tattoo i've got um was after a night on lsd waking mm. up with a breakfast joint delicious uh, beer uh, at my uh, ex-boyfriend's uh his company's mm, collection launch and uh, they always had tattoo like a, a tattoo pop-up guy at all their events <sighs> And I was always working the bar at these events. And finally, this was one where I wasn't. I was like, you owe me a fucking tattoo. Uh, and so, yeah, in that state uh, that I just described, I chose, um, it's a clam. Okay. Clams vongole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clam with uh, open with uh, fangs and a tongue rolling out. That's great. Yeah. So the theme of all my tattoos is basically things that don't exist uh, in this in, in this reality like right. there's no yeah they're all kind of like mythical fantasy fan, fantasy I, I, yeah have you have you shown that tattoo to like a psychiatrist because that's what's a a clam with teeth you say <laughs> and a tongue yeah um i've had like once i got as soon as straight after i got it like you know joint in hand i was showing the boys and uh one of them was like dude that looks like you have like some really nasty STDs that you're, you're 
hiding and, and somehow uh, yeah, divulging through through pictures to your, your lover. <clears throat> yeah, like my vagina is going to bite bite you off. Yeah, like, yeah. What is that term? Um, den, den, dentata. Dentata. Mm-hmm. Um, but also That's like, cool. but I, yeah, it's, and it's not a very well done tattoo and it was free. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the, the messaging that I've sort of attributed to it is that um, like, I always need to keep my mouth open. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, this is going to get deep. It's like. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Have you heard the experience? It's something that I've had on my wall. You switch from nose to mouth breathing. (laughs) Very well. It's yogic. It is yogic. But um, there's a great... A lot of writers have this uh, thing to remind them. And it's um, sadly with the he form. But he who cannot cannot howl will not find his pack. So like this wolf um, being able to howl, being able to express yourself. You can say one. One who does it doesn't have the same. One who cannot howl will not find their pack. They that do not howl they shan't find sh- their pack. Shan't. <laughs> yeah. If you don't howl. Yeah. Well, I feel okay. You can't. Find, you got to howl to find your pack. Yeah. So you got to be able to express yourself. You've got to be able to release. You know your true self out. So. I feel like that's. I mean, for a writer, I guess then yes, you have to do that. But for other people, that's not really fair, is it? For other people, like if you if you want to have a pack but not have to go around like yapping a bunch, you just kind of want to chill out, like (laughs) toss some pheromones and like, hey guys, tossing. I left out I left out some I left out some meat, paxies. Taxis. Um, yeah, but I, I think this this idea of like being able to be yourself and being able to express yourself. And if you don't feel like you can express yourself, then you're you're not you know you're not in the right. You haven't found your community or mm. your, yes, your, okay. your people. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, and so this this clam. <laughs> is That's like, the meaning you've described. <laughs> like be aggressive uh, and like you know use like like keep expressing yourself. Don't ever like uh, stop. Uh, expressing yourself right and be mean it's also as good. well it's like you said it's like on your hip or something <laughs> no it's on my thigh it's on your thighs that's good too because that I way it's can, like you, it's okay I can when show you, you my oh, right, yeah. are on, but... right um yeah, that is poorly rendered uh, <laughs> also my skin's very dry so it's kind of like a bit um it's more of a gray tattoo right now but I, yeah you can see it there. i think that's also good in terms of like um like uh, uh, you know, like screening potential partners, because like you know, at some point your pants are gonna come off, and they're, you're gonna be like, "Do you what do you what do you think of that?" And they can either di- you know they're either gonna be like, "That's a I, I okay yeah," or they're gonna be like, you know, "That's not for me." I've had I've had some interesting responses since I've had it. Um, people who are very quick to be like, "Yeah, that is badly done." <laughs> You don't have to say shut the fuck up, um, but it's true. Like it is, it is. It's a poorly done tattoo, um, but I I love that it. The, no, it's, I think that that needs to be poorly done. Yeah, right. Like that's that's the whole. That's I don't know. I think the aesthetic of that done too well is yeah. Somehow that would be pretentious. Yeah, right. Like it, the thick lines. I quite like the thick lines and the. Yeah, it's not it's not perfect, but and I feel like also you, I can kind of make it like close its mouth, like with my I can, I can kind of make it talk. I always wanted a tattoo that could talk. That's good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I once it's been a long time since I saw um, uh, people naked that I, I wasn't married to. Yeah, um, well, outside of a sauna, but oh, I did. Yeah. I just, you just, I just remembered this 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 woman who had a tattoo, and it was 
what was the name? I think it was Craig. It was a name that's not beautiful. <laughs> Craig. And it was just like, it was not well rendered. And there was sort of like this like kind of dripping sort of paint sort of thing underneath it, uh, like on our hip. And I was like, I don't think that we're a forever union. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. So she had someone else's name tattooed to Yeah, her name of- wasn't Craig. Whatever the name was. I don't remember. It could have been like, yeah, it could have been Fred or something. I don't Fred, know. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. That's a bit better. Dave. Dave. I, I want to say it's Craig. I'm always against. I have a good friend named Craig, by the way. It's a good name. Really? It just, I mean, it doesn't, it's not. When you say Craig, how do you spell that? C-R-A-I-G. Okay. Yeah. In, in, in Australia, uh, I would pronounce that Craig. Yeah, but all your vowels are are, are, are <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but Craig, uh, you've got a good friend called Craig. Uh, not married, just not with someone with that tattoo, though. No, I don't. No. He's not married. I think no one should. I I just don't think that lettering should really go. Actually, the boyfriend who um, organized this free tattoo mm-hmm. for me, um, I quite liked one of his tattoos, which was lettering, and it was on just above his underarm uh, mm-hmm. here, that really fleshy gentle part. And it said um, pizza. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's. I, 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 I yeah. For a while, I thought I could disagree get a, with it. You can't disagree with pizza. No, I mean, ugh, you could, but oh. do you want to be the person who does that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can disagree about. I like pizza. It's good. Pizza is good. Pizza is great. It's fundamentally. I mean, it's like if you're gonna write something on your body forever. It's a pretty good word. And it's got the double Z there, like it's I, just kind of jazzy. Yeah, that's it's a fun way to live. <laughs> yeah, he was fun. All right, let's not talk about my yep. ex. Actually, that's how we first met. Uh, it was through Toby Asalan. Yeah, he lived with him. My uh-huh. ex boyfriend lived with Toby, and uh, the first time we met was at um, the Dude's Deli, which I ended up managing until it went bankrupt. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and there was uh, it was it was chili cheese comedy. And you and Toby and I think Georg did the first, or maybe you did the second. I can't remember. We did two of them. It was me and Toby. I don't think it was Georg. There was like it was a. I think there was a. a, God, what was that guy's name? He's. It was a German who he doesn't do English comedy anymore. And uh, Georg. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's uh, uh, Ben Ben Schmidt. I feel like Ben Schmidt. Oh shoot! Yeah, I just was he on that bill? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that thing that sounds interest that sounds familiar. Maybe that's where I first met him because I knew of Ben Schmidt, and then he didn't pop back into my um, field until he was working for Comedy Central. Right. Yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> How our careers have diverged. <laughs> Man, I would kill to do chili cheese comedy right now. He's on Comedy Central. <laughs> fuck! 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 I headline that show. <laughs> He's on television. <laughs> He's writing. He's not on it. Don't worry. He coordinates the writing. I wrote for Comedy Central's uh, a sketch show uh, in January, and he was the coordinator. Cool. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so I went from like being a bartender at that show. <laughs> you were the headliner. <laughs> so mad right now, just for. Listeners at home, I'm sawing my hand off with a with with the pen I carry in case I think of a joke. Is the pen made of plastic? It's um, 
God. Good God. Yeah, I remember that set, actually. Yeah, I remember crying with laughter. I was having... There was a lot of shots going around as well, but it was hilarious. I think that one... Yeah, I remember it was, crying. It was, it was like post-election, right? Are you pushing my memory now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, this was after Hillary lost. Um, and I was like processing that out loud. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember, I remember that was a funny set, and I remember also like three American women in the audience just like crying. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I've got like ninety five percent people crying, three percent. I mean, ninety five percent laughing, like three percent crying, and like, you know, a couple people fucking hated me. I'm sure, but um, but that means it's a good show. I was like, this is the ratio I want from yes. now on. Ugh, I love making people cry from laughter like from joy like like yeah like you know no no they were crying because they were sad about the election <laughs> did i i'm sorry did you think i was saying that they were laughing so hard they were crying no everyone was laughing there was a lot of people enjoying the set and laughing like a fairly normal amount. and there were some people who were crying because oh they were very upset that donald trump had won the election oh, hillary so oh anyway american politics Blah. Um, yeah, it's nice not having to think about it every day. Right? It's nice not having people talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just not have it in the conversation all the time. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like that we got onto porn. That makes me happy. Okay, good. <laughs> Is there anything else? It's fine, you know. I can always just not comment. Is there anything else? Kick the mic again. I don't have any direct questions. Like, I didn't think of anything that, that I was yeah. like, ah, I've got this burning question that I want to ask you. I just wanted to see where it went. All right, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, we got we got some sort of drugs and some sex in there. That's what I was. I was, I, you know, I don't want people to think I'm some funny daddy. Funny daddy. You hear they want on adults only. He just talked about his kid. That's explicitly not what he should have done. I don't know why your listener is like a Louisiana Bell, but that was kind of like a Georgia. That was a Georgia Peach. Oh, Georgia Peach. Oh, they want adults only. You should do this. Accents room. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I don't know. I have my my podcast called Radio Spakeoff. We talk about Berlin news in English. It's not explicitly a comedy podcast or anything, but it's uh, if you can't speak German, it's a good way to find out what's going on in town. Um, yeah. I did start another podcast last week when I was drunk called Ken Chewbacca Dunk. Um, oh my god, that's that's a great name. Thank you. The problem was like by the end of the first episode, we established that Chewbacca could dunk. And, <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't really sure where to go from there. I was like, is this just going to be about basketball and Star Wars, but always combined? Like, <laughs> like what position would Lando play? Like I don't know. But the, this started because I googled Ken Chewbacca dunk, and there just wasn't a straight answer. <sighs> Um, and then like, of course I like posted on Twitter and like five days later, like a drummer was like, yes, Chewbacca can dunk and I can prove it. Um, I love it, but it could be, that's a, it's a great name for um, having a podcast where every week you, or whenever you have a question, you know, that's like, right. That's ridiculous. Somehow you can't, yeah. You need to debate it a little bit. I yeah. think there's something there. Yeah. I made I the, I made the logo. Boom. You got but, a podcast. Um, I realized that by the end of it, I was like, I just wanted to talk to a friend. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I didn't need to make a podcast. I could have just called someone. So, yeah. But- that, on Christmas Day, I ended up having Dragos and Ian as my like family on the 25th. And uh, it was like, how do we make this fun? I was like, let's film it. All right, cool. We'll film it. <laughs> it was like, and it, right. it just adds like a different yeah. thing to it. Um, I mean, I've also always, I've always like socialized over activities. Yeah, exactly. The point was I was supposed to be plugging things. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I just started a business. Uh, stand-up comedy is, is currently illegal, uh, but uh, haircutting is not. So um, for 25 bucks, you can come in my backyard and I'll cut your hair while I tell you jokes. 
Um, That's a great deal. Yeah, we can chat, whatever. It's a yeah. very good deal. You have to want... I can't do it. I'm pretty good. I'm good. I've cut hair. I've cut some hair. So it's not in the bathtub anymore. It's in your backyard. Uh, Yeah, I didn't really want to have people in my house. Okay, that makes um, sense. And I also like cleanups easier. Totally. Compost. Um, and I was thinking like maybe this would be better if I went to your place because then like you fucking vacuum the hair. True. But then um, you couldn't collect it in a jar and see how you could use it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's horrifying. <laughs> I'm just imagining your house full of these containers with like, why would you throw this out? Yeah, with their name and date. And like, <laughs> I feel like you're imagining my house like it's the opening credits to seven. Just yes. like, really? that's what I do for fun. A bit more light. I did remove one of my 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 thumbprint the other day, but... Um, not connected. It was No, it was not connected to that. It was just, I was making uh, power bites and like... Chopping the cashews, took off some of my thumb. Power bites. And I, it's not good. I can't do the. I can no longer do that trick where you pull one thumb off. You know, you hide the thumb in your fist and you pull it off to like a kid, and you're like, yeah. "Hey, I, like it's an uncle thing." Because yeah. now it's easy, really too easy to differentiate my two thumbs. That'll change. Don't worry. It'll. 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 This is scars. <laughs> I took off a lot of my thumb. You took a lot of thumb yeah. off. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I plugged uh, that uh, haircuts and um, you know I'm um, you know. Ben on- Schmidt wants to like let me write for Comedy Central. That'd ben be Schmidt. <laughs> can, if ben Schmidt keep- listens and wants to give me a job. That can I plug him giving me a job? <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I opened. I you know, I I was the headliner at Chili Cheese Joke Fart Night. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh- I think it was called Noxious Fumes. <laughs> Obnoxious, obnoxious fumes. There we go. Uh, that's, now it's a pun. Yeah, very good. Um, do you have an Instagram or anything? Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. I am at Daniel and Stern. That's right. And uh, I've tweeted twice today, and I have zero likes so far. So <laughs> let's let's jump right on there. <laughs> I've got to get onto Twitter. It's um or yeah. not. I just it's just another thing. Oh my god. I I photoshopped uh I photoshopped Jake Johnson's face over John Turturro's. In in the in Miller's Crossing, and then I wrote Nick Miller's Crossing, which is like you have to be a huge fan of the Cone Brothers and the Fox sitcom New Girl to get that. Oh. And you can't that just didn't go viral. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy that didn't go viral. My God, Daniel, uh, it's been a pleasure. I have five hundred followers, and I write for none of them. <laughs> Pleasure's been mine. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, all right. Uh, find me on Instagram, guys, please. I need more followers. Clubhouse as well. Always AF Barros. Uh, that's been Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Good night.